The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturchio, alongside two of the primo writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Guys, we are getting breaking news about a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago, before we started recording this on a Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock Eastern as we record this um, and 7 o'clock Cowboys time, I'll say. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have reached an agreement officially with wide receiver Michael Gallup. It's a good one. It's a it's a lengthy one. I, I think it was a five year. Um, what was it? Five year. You got the whole sixty two point five. Yeah, sixty two point five. I was looking at some other tweets. Sixty two point five million dollars uh, over the next five years. Now, basically, what we're reading here, and before everybody gets nuts, everybody sees this big number and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they just gave this guy. He's coming off ACL. What are we gonna do? Are they that dumb?" I'm here to tell you guys that it breaks down like this. There is a $27 million guaranteed rate. $10 million will go in a signing bonus, okay? This is what's going to happen now. So $10 million there. That's giving $17 million is his base salary over two years, guys. Two years. So it sounds like, and this is according to Bobby Belt, friend of bloggingtheboys.com, uh, similar to Cooper's deal, they have an out after two, perhaps $3 million base salary in 2022 and $14 million in 2023. So, uh, would be a $5 million cap figure in 2022. So riddle me this, guys, $5 million to wide receiver one. Somebody tell me why this is a bad deal, Aiden. I can't. I I mean, the only argument that people are going to make is the ACL injury. And that's like the only argument you could even bring up in this in, in this instance. But when you take the ACL injury, that's pretty much assuming that like Gallup has been this injury riddled receiver throughout his career and that he can't like he's going to somehow be injury riddled when he comes back. But that hasn't been the case at all. In fact, of the receivers who have been targeted more than 100 times from 2018 to 2020. So we're talking essentially just receivers that are somewhat involved in the offense. Mm -hmm. Only 16 receivers played more games than Gallup from 2018 to 2020. Now, obviously, he had his injury problems in 2021. But before this year, he's a very stable guy, reliable guy at staying on the field. And when you're talking about a guy who's making these acrobatic catches, he's toe dragging. I mean, 
for what he does as a receiver, he is incredibly durable. And I really, I don't, I don't see the injury being a problem. And so if you take out the injury, this is a great deal. Absolutely. I mean, look, there's so much to get into, obviously, as we go. The Cowboys have finally broke their silence with a lot of moves this weekend. We'll get into all of them, or at least the rumors, because the free agency frenzy, as people download this podcast, if you're one of those early risers and you are with us at 9 a.m., you're about three hours away from the free agency frenzy. But between now and then are where you get the deals inked, and the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of moves to make. Tony, Michael Gallup back now. Technically, you now have Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. After what we saw, what happened with Cooper, we'll get into that in a second. But overall, your knee-jerk reaction to the Gallup deal. I mean, honestly, you look at the numbers, and, and you you got to be pretty positive about it. I understand that he has the ACL injury, and I understand that's going to take some uh, some time for him to get, get back towards that, and we'll see how long that actually does take him. But if you look at the numbers – you know, just break it down, really, not just the big number, because I know people get hooked on the 62.5. But if you look at it year wise, this is a deal for the Cowboys that we should not be upset about. Um, I know we have not been uh, afraid to uh, to grill them a little bit with the decisions we don't love and the things that they've made that have not been right in our minds. But this is not one of those situations. I mean, Michael Gallup almost felt like a need at this point. I think a lot of us are talking about, OK, Amari Cooper is in Cleveland now. C.D. Lamb and then what else? So Michael Gallup coming back for, you know, two and a half, three million dollars less than what projected Christian Kirk might get. This is a deal that the Cowboys Nation, all of us should really feel happy about, honestly. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in there. Aiden, what's up? Yeah, just a quick exercise. I want you two to count in your heads just the receivers in this list that I'm about to name that you could make an argument are better than Michael Gallup. Just count in your head and we'll go over it. These are receivers that are plus or minus two and a half million um, within Michael Gallup's average contract. So if he plays out the entirety of his contract, making $12.5 million a year, here are the receivers that are around Gallup, count in your heads how many you think are, you could make the argument are better than Gallup. Sure. We have Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Stephon Diggs, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Nelson Aguilar, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Sterling Shepard, Devontae Parker, and Tim Patrick. I count two. I got Maybe. one. I think you can make the argument on Cortland. I wouldn't, but you can make the argument. And so to put this in perspective, great deal. Tony, what do you think? I said two. I was thinking I was Cortland Sutton was on the fringe myself, but yeah, I think two. Stefan Diggs is up there as well. But other than that, struggling to hear anybody else. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I had I had one, and that was Stefan Diggs. Like I think he's literally on par with a guy like Sutton. You know what I mean? So that that's how I see it. But now look, the Cowboys have worked this out, and I think this is what fired me up the most on Twitter. Um, just when the when the deal broke, people are like, "Why? Why would you do that?" You know, some of our our closest buddies were questioning why, why? And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, this is the, the 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 team that you were already writing off. And I said this to Aiden and Pre right before you jumped on, Tony. I said the Dallas Cowboys front office has scarred us as, as a fan base, or at least people that cover the team, that we have zero faith in anything that these guys do. So no matter what they do, you're gonna look at it with that, with those, those like like cut like doo-doo brown colored sunglasses you know people say like rose petals and, and rose colored glass this is doo-doo brown glasses and you're looking at it like oh i can't believe they did this like what did you want them to do did you want them to make a run at christian kirk did you want to sit there and get the un the unknown of a 
pick 24. Now you can actually address the receiver a little later and not make it such a need because if they didn't sign Gallup and Gallup tested the market, you're looking at 24 to not be best player available, but to fill needs. And you don't want to do that that deep in the draft. So I think that, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys front office has scarred us. And I think everybody needs to take a step back, take a breath and realize that this deal, this deal that they just got done right now is everything the Dallas Cowboys needed to at least propel them to the rest of the frenzy. And that leads me to what has happened over the weekend. Now, the reason why I'm excited about the Gallup is because the Gallup deal is because the departure of Amari Cooper. Now, here's my theory. And I'll say this on all the shows that I have to do, right? Because this is my theory. And I, you know, people can call me crazy. People can say that I'm wearing some kind of tinfoil hat, but I think that the Amari Cooper deal was accepted as a lesser, you know, get back over some NFC contenders that wanted Amari Cooper. I think that other teams offered better deals for Amari Cooper and Dallas said, wait a minute, timeout. We're not about to get beat by, I don't know, Minnesota, the Rams, the Bucks, the Eagles, the, the, the Washington Commanders, all those teams, right? They could have offered a three, you know, and we could have been like, well, that's a really good deal. Let's do it. But then, you know, a little, you know, Jiminy Cricket is on your side and he's like, well, wait a minute, hold on, timeout. Like, do you really want to get burnt by Cooper or do you want to send him to a place that he will become irrelevant? And when I say irrelevant, if you Baker Mayfield is your quarterback in 2022 or 2023, whatever, you're, you're not going to put up the numbers you put up. And, and, and Jarvis Landry wants out that that place is a disarray. So instead of releasing them outright, we get a fifth round pick. And did I, you know, some people were listening who, who the Dallas Cowboys have taken in the fifth round over the course of the last couple of years. And like, all right, calm down. That fifth could be spun to get back into the fourth. You know, you don't know what they're going to do with that pick that they got, but guys, you Obviously, when Cooper leaves, you're mad because he's wide receiver one and you didn't want to see it happen. Tony, was it absolutely necessary to move on from Amari Cooper from a financial standpoint? They'll tell you it is. I mean, I wasn't in the camp that, you know, that Amari Cooper had to be moved, but I think that was the number one thing. I think you're right. I think what you're saying there might be a realistic thing. I don't know if they were to trade within the division, but within the conference, there were certainly teams, I'm sure of it, knocking down their door to try to trade for him. Now, ultimately, they wanted a team that would allow them to unload all of the financial burden there. So by having Amari Cooper... Taking on Amari Cooper with all his money is the number one thing the Cowboys are looking for. Now you have $16 million ex- excess cap to go ahead and do some things. We've seen them make a move on Michael Gallup. I think this move had to happen, but now we're going to kind of see, is it J. Ron Curse? Is it Malik Hooker? I mean, do we see them bring Randy Gregory back? So they're, like you mentioned at the top, there's going to be some dominoes to fall, and it could be you know as quick as refreshing our Twitter feed to see how quick that happens. Aiden, uh, the fact that we lost wide receiver one, right? And at the time when we lost him, we technically literally only had CeeDee Lamb. How much faith are you putting in CeeDee Lamb? I know we got Gallup back. We don't know the start of the season for this guy or what it's going to be, if if he's going to be there, if he's not going to be there. We will address that as a team, obviously. But when you look at CeeDee Lamb, is he capable of taking that next step? This past year was a down year for him, but now the ball is literally going to be in his court, you know, figure of speech sure but literally he might get forced that ball a lot the way that i see cd lamb is i've adjusted my expectations after his rookie year but i still do th- and in 2021 i do think he was a wide receiver one now was he the cowboys wide receiver one you can have that debate but i still think he is an nfl wide receiver one but coming out of his rookie year the stats that he put up with the backup quarterbacks i think a lot of us expected like he was kind of on the same tier as like a Justin Jefferson. Like, look at what they both did. 
their rookie years. And then look at what CD did with like this, the quarterbacks he was working with. I think after this last year, we have to adjust our expectations. He's not going to be the best receiver in the NFL. He's not going to, He's not just going to be a guy that takes over a game and puts up 250 yards on 10 catches. And he's just your reliable like week in, week out wide receiver one. But I do think he's a very, very solid wide receiver one option. And like all things considered, I, I do think he's still an above average wide receiver one by NFL standards. Now, the fact that we moved on from Cooper and, and you know, look, he's done a lot of st- great stuff. He's provided a lot of memories for Cowboys fans. I, You know, the one that stands out, obviously, to me is, you know, that batted ball that he caught on a deflection and won the game in overtime. and Or I think it was overtime. But, um, it, you know, just incredible, incredible career so far, I think, for Coop. But I, I'll ask both of you guys this. This is now Cooper's third team in a matter of about five years, right? Or six years. What was it? Six? It was a six-year career already? Maybe even more than that. Maybe seven, if I'm not mistaken. Because if Dak's on six, then he's got to be one year past him, I think. You you could say four years. In, or Yeah, the last four years he's played on three teams. That's what I'm saying. Trade so now, well, I'll throw it to you first. Is that something to say about his character? Because I know they were, they were trying to drag him towards the end of the uh, end of the you know, end of his offseason and moving on from him and trade and release talks happened so fast in the offseason. Was that the Dallas Cowboys sending signals to people saying, come get him? Or were they just trying to get the reason why they were about to release the guy is to incentivize somebody saying, well, we're about to release him, but if you want to throw us like a dime, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, like a fifth or a six, we're good with that. You know what I mean? Is that question Cooper as, as a guy that you want in your locker room? We just had a couple guests on, you know, one of them being a, a current NFL Dallas Cowboy member, right? And technically right now he's wire, he's tight end too. He's moving up the ranks in Sean McEwen. But, like, he said that the Cowboys have moved on from some of the guys that were not team first. You find Cooper to be this way or, or just maybe the silence speaks volumes for a guy like this? I genuinely don't think so based off just the way I see Cooper act. I, I mean, it's just hard. Because as uh, us as fans, what we see from Coop is we just see a silent guy on the field that he's not he's he's not the Des Bryant. He's not going to get up in the quarterback or the tight end's face and just yell at them on the sideline. He's always going to be the quiet, you presume to be leader. I do think the vaccination drama it that kind of irked the Cowboys. We won't get into that. What I will say is I don't think the moving teams in whatever three teams in four years should really that's not really a sign because when you look at his end of the time with the Raiders, he had drop problems. It was, he did, he wasn't really meshing with Derek Carr. And so the Cowboys just took a chance on Cooper that he can figure out the drop problems. He's going to send. Now they're trading. Not only, not only a chance, but a hundred million dollar chance. And now we're giving a guy like Michael Cooper, uh, Michael Cooper. I'm now combining the two. Michael Gallup, the deal we just gave him, and people were up in arms like, I can't believe this. He's coming off ACL. How can you do this? You gave $100 million to the guy that people said had the dropsies. Like, yeah. And gave up a first round pick for him. A first round pick, right? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, all right. Ta- continue your thoughts. Sorry to cut you off. I was just like, in my head, I'm like, the money it was blowing me away there. I was just going to finish it off by saying, and then the Cowboys are now trading him, presumably from what we have seen out of salary cap reasons, right or wrong decision. We've debated that. We Most of us think it's a wrong decision. But 
I can under you can make the logical progression from the Raiders to the Cowboys to the Browns that it was more out of need and what other teams were willing to pay rather than his like he's not an Odell Beckham and let I don't think we should perceive him to I, be an Odell Beckham. I wholeheartedly agree, and that's why I asked you the question because you and me are in lockstep. I don't think he was ever an issue. I don't think he was a problem. I think he was a team guy. I think he was big into this into the city of Dallas, always asking for suggestions on where to get this or where to get that. And the guy was about to make his life in Dallas, and we shipped him out of here. Tony, do you feel any, and just across the league, there was tweets, there was this, there was Dak's brother, there was everybody saying, is that what you guys think Cooper's worth? Was this a disrespectful move in, in the Cowboys' regard, or was the Cowboys smart to just unload the contract regardless of the compensation? I just feel like, honestly, this is more about Cleveland saying, if you want us to take the financial burden, you're going to have to give up some compensation. And the Cowboys, with that being their number one issue, is wanted to unload that, that salary hit. They were like, yeah, listen, this might be a third or a fourth round guy, but if you want us to take on the whole $20 million, you're going to have to you're gonna have to take That's this and eat it. Very so, good uh, point. You know, so and and I agree and not to kind of stare to a different idea, but you mentioned Dak's brother. Um, they were talking about Dak Prescott being involved in these decision makings this year. And, and, and is this a is this a move that Dak wanted? I don't know if they, I mean, listen, there's one of two ways. Either Dak is all in or he doesn't like it. And either one is a very interesting perspective to think about. Yeah, there was a couple a couple articles that surfaced, and I don't know how much shoot. There was a couple uh, cow, prominent Cowboys accounts that kind of debunked that theory uh, when that came out. But if it's not the case, you know, you, you took you. Why would any quarterback in the NFL want to trade away wide receiver one unless he knew what he had in Michael Gallup and he knew what he had in Ceedee Lamb? We don't know. We're not going to make those conclusions or, or make those assessments or or draw those conclusions. Not going to do it. I was just looking at the compensation of being a fifth round pick. And you're like, oh, God, you know, what wasn't he at least worth it? Because from the media standpoint, we other people, Twitter, the, the the complete Cowboys universe saying, I can't believe you just got just got a fifth for him. How, how is this possible? But again, you just said it. You nailed it right there. That is the one one thing that people forget that that price tag was heavy, man. Like That's a lot of money for Cleveland to say, you know what? Sure. F it. We got this. We got the money. Let's do it. And let's add Amari Cooper because now they're having issues with Jarvis Landry. So they might just have a guy like Amari Cooper lining up across from like, I don't know, people's Jones or whatever, you know, like there's a bunch of, uh, you know, intangibles over there. And I believe they just franchised Ninjoku. So they're trying to beef up their offense power to them, but also power to the Cowboys for making this move and, and getting out from under that contract. And I don't like losing Cooper. Do I wish he restructured? Absolutely. I think we should have and could have moved heaven and earth to try to keep this guy in Dallas, but clearly things weren't budging. And, and that leads me to my next point. Because when I say not budging, the Cowboys approached Demarcus Lawrence for a pay cut, right? Reports came out that he denied it, or he said no, or whatever the case, whatever the verbiage was used. He probably didn't tell him to go scratch. He probably said, look, you know, I got to look for what's best for my family. This guaranteed money is good, blah, blah, blah. We don't know. We're not in the in those conversations. But Aiden, with the quote coming out saying Lawrence isn't going anywhere, right? That's that's the the quote that surfaced the internet. And, um, you know, it was a buzz and everybody was like excited. And I was even said I was one of those guys. So it's going to be hilarious after you guys have already cut and moved on from Demarcus Lawrence in your mind that he's back. It seems like he's back. Is he back? You know, like like they said, he's not going anywhere. We've seen crazier things. What do you think the future is with Tank Lawrence and his contract? At, I mean, from what I'm seeing, I think I think Lawrence is here to stay for at least the next year. 
And the main reason I say this is I have nothing to back this up, no insider information on this, but it kind of seems like it was an either or situation with Cooper Lawrence. They kind of made up their minds that they were going to keep one for 2022 and they were going to get rid, cut, trade the other. And it kind of now from what we're seeing, Cooper's obviously that guy. He's gone. So it, I think it's the either or situation. And it would also, it would be weird to cut Lawrence now because the Cowboys financially right now are actually in a pretty good situation. We're around middle of the pack when it comes to salary cap right now. And so it would just be weird to cut Lawrence after you've, you've done all these moves to free up space and now you're in a good position. Why cut another good player now? And at the end of the day, or to steal a line for uh, from Tony there, he's Mr. Tony at the end of the day, Catalina. But at the end of the day, if, if you go into this offseason and you get back these key parts that Todd Archer had put out from ESPN, he put out that they're going to try to, you know, get back Gregory and get back Hooker and get back Curse. And Curse has been on the top of all three of our lists, or at least amongst the top of the list to bring back. Tony, you know, if if all they lose at the end of the day, your, your quote, not mine, <laughs> at the end of the day, if all they lose is Amari Cooper and they get back some key components, will you restore a little faith in this Dallas front office? Because as of right now, look, there's we, we talked about Lawrence a little bit, but there's also rumors about Collins. So now like an outright release. So we'll talk about that in a second. But right now, if all we lose at the end of the day is Amari Cooper, have the Cowboys got your faith back in this front office? I almost need it. You know, because I mean, at this at this point, when they're saying that, you know, we, we need to take this money that we we're not going to give to Amari Cooper because we need to sign other players. All right, cool. Let's see it now. I mean, all right, bet. You know, you got Michael Gallup. Cool. We'll get that going on. But what's next? You know, because that's not going to be enough. And now you have all this money. Like like Aiden says, we're we're comfortable. We're middle of the pack. You know, they can flip some more switches. There's other things that can happen. And I will say this for as much um, heat and smoke we put on the Cowboys this offseason. Everything that's come out or they said or has been rumored to happen is happened, right? So at this point, I, I'm inclined to believe that the Lowell Collins situation is going to happen the way it did because the Amari Cooper situation did. The, the deal with Gallup happened. So um, we, not, we may not love everything they're doing, but maybe it's a good or a bad thing that everything is so transparent in the media. But, I mean, if it seems like at least they have a plan. And if they're going to execute this plan where it nets some of these guys that we all are in agreement that we want back, um, I, I, I guess they can buy me to trust the process again. Oof, I hate that phrase, but I know it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those things. Trust the process. Don't worry. We haven't won anything for 26 years, but don't you worry. As long as you keep trusting that process, we're going to be just fine. Aiden, now other news that have kind of surfaced, uh, multiple reports have come out saying that they've let Lyle Collins seek a trade, okay? Are you convinced right off the – before the with, without the repercussions and whatever, you know, discovering what we can get for him, are you comfortable with Terrence Steele? Like, or is that all of a sudden now becomes a, a draft they need where they need a right tackle? It's funny you bring this up because I didn't bring this, I didn't mention this in pre, but I actually have a game for you guys if you want to play a little game called Collins versus Steele. <laughs> I mean, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So this is Collins versus Steele. I'm going to name a stat. You tell me who you think finished better in that stat in 2021. To put this in a little perspective, Terrence Steele finished with 170 more snaps in 2021. That shouldn't really matter. All right. Who allowed less pressures per snap, Steele or Collins? I'm going to go Steele. I want to say Steele. I mean, I mean, I want to say Collins, but I think it's Steele. 
<laughs> it's actually Collins. Collins, oh, okay. allowed, Collins was okay. at 2.6%. Steele's at 3.4%. All right. Who has played more snaps, Collins since 2019 or Steele since 2020? Mm. Steele was in a lot during 2020 because of the shuffling that we were doing. However, Steele was not suspended for six games, uh, and Steele did not come in overweight and didn't break his hip and miss a hold. This is 100% Steele, more snaps, 100%. Yeah, I remember when Steele uh, got the start against the Rams in 2020. I'm like, what, what is going on here? So, yeah, I'm going to say he's gotten some more uh, more snaps than Collins. Yeah, you guys are right. Steele's at 1,887. Collins is at 1,743. So, Steele's played more snaps close. in the last close. – Yes, close, but – Keep in mind that Steele's played more snaps in the last two years than Collins has played over the last three. Who allowed wow. Who allowed more sacks last year? This is just straight up. Keep in mind, I guess, Steele finished with 170 more snaps. Um, I want to say Steele. Because of the amount of snaps, I would think that it's going to be Steele. But I think you're about to blow my mind right now. It's actually a trick question. They're t- they were tied at two. Oh, come on. <laughs> I knew he had two. I actually was doing my homework, but I didn't know how many Collins had. Who this is the last one. Who finished with more penalties? Oh, that's definitely steel. Definitely steel. <laughs> it was Collins. Collins no! finished with 10 penalties, steal at eight. Sorry, bonus question then. What's Ooh. the difference between these two players? Their salary in 2022, their cap hit. What's the difference so coming up right hit? now? Am I allowed to go on over the cap.com or no? Uh, yeah. I want to say is a significant, significant price change between Steele and Collins. Collins is definitely making more millions, plural. <laughs> it's 14.4 million. So, <laughs> wow. The, enti- the entire point of this is that they're, I wouldn't say they're comparable players because, like, a, a lot of these stats are pass blocking stats. Collins is a much better run blocker, but when you kind of see that they're somewhat comparable players and Collins is making 14 more, 14.4 more million dollars. I, I'm, I don't hate this move. If we get rid of Collins, that's all I'm going to say. I, I think it might be the right one. Let me ask you this real quick. I'm, I'm nervous when I project what this answer may be, but do we think Steele may be out of his mind? Undrafted guy, you know, he's he's absolutely already hitting it out of the ballpark for what his career expectations may have been. Steele, I mean, uh, Collins is also an undrafted guy, but for not for the same reasons. I think he was a first, second-round talent. Now, if we're looking at Collins slipping up and being comparable to Steele's best, I mean, I'm hoping Steele is more on the horizon, but are we nervous that we're going to sell Collins too quickly and, and just put way too much eggs in the basket of Steele moving forward? I, the way that I see it is if we do move on from Collins and we roll with Steele in 2022, you have to, you have to find a solution. I don't think Steele's a long-term answer and maybe you guys feel differently. I no, I agree. I think Steele sh- showed potential, but I mean, I just, I just, I don't think he's a long-term answer. I'm looking at this right now and it looks like the only way that the Dallas Cowboys make any money is if this is a post June 1st cut. Right. $10 million, right? $10 million, because if they cut him now, for whatever reason, it's like 1.3. Like, it's yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's, it's pocket change right now. It's a oh, so what are we? So what I, are we I, actually doing here? Like, I think it's a personal out of favor, like, well, Collins fell out of favor. Like, Amari Cooper was a move based on money. Collins is a move based on a soured relationship. That's my perspective on it. 
But it could be similar to Cooper, right? Where a team trades him and agrees to take on his contract. And that's what I think they're shopping for right now. And right. you know what? And you know what? Because of that, and because just like the Browns with the Mari Cooper, you might see somebody saying, look, we'll give you a back-end fourth-round pick, and we'll take on the salary. You have to accept it. If right. that's what you want to do, if you want to move on from this guy and you don't want to pay him anymore and you want all that savings back, you you might have to accept the lesser of the deals. I'm sure there are teams like the Bengals or like anybody else that would package something a little heavier, right? Pack a heavy punch, but they're like, yeah, but you can eat 10 million of that or you can eat 15. Le-. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know if the smart play is to just try to get the best offer or do the same Amari Cooper route and, and, and look at that way. It would be absolutely terrible for this team to cut him pre-June, June 1st. If they trade him anytime between now and June 1st, whatever, it's fine. You know, they did it, they get compensation back. But if they cut him before June 1st, knowing what a June 1st cut would save them in cap, it's 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 a terrible move and it's honestly well, weird. Honestly, like, right, you say weird. I say, well, what was the actual point in doing that? Right. Is he so frat? What, what they want? They don't want him to. Is there a situation where he there's a guarantee coming uh, earlier than that? Like, I think that that could be a thing. It could right. be there could be a guarantee coming on like March 20th or something like, oh, you know what it was? I know exactly what it is because I did read this. I, I'm, I believe he's guaranteed his 2022 rate or 65 percent of it after March 20th. So so right well, now they is. got a week to make a move because yeah. if they don't, he's going to, regardless of what they do, he's going to make 65% of that big cap number. So well, this is the deadline then. There so it this is. is it. Yeah. So you this know? is why they're seeking a trade rather than a, a release because a release does nothing for nobody. Nothing. nothing. You know, as far as, you know, cap situation wise. And I'm just looking at overthecap.com right now. And it looks like, looks like to me, total cap uh, space. They're, they're sitting pretty now with, with a couple of these moves. And now you look at, I don't know if they updated. There's no way they updated the, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the Gallup deal. Gallup trade. I, I mean, uh, the Gallup signing. I don't see him anywhere up here. But then again, I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at the higher salaries and I know he doesn't make a lot. Oh, man. This, it, it's interesting, man. If there's a lot of things going on right now, uh, I, do you guys feel like within the next couple of days, Obviously, tomorrow being the frenzy that is, and as we're recording this right now, it's now around the 8.30 on the East Coast. Nothing else has happened as we record this, but then again, you know what? It's like you got to always refresh just in case. Do you guys think that the Cowboys are on the right path here uh, and we can restore some faith in, in some of this front office? I'll start with Aiden. You know, based off the moves they made, when that's the Gallup thing, a, a new signing, and now his cap number. Everybody knows we just went over this, and the removal of Amari Cooper – and now sitting in the, almost the middle of the pack with cap space, are the Cowboys heading in the right direction here? I I don't think the Cooper deal was, or the Cooper move was the right move whatsoever. So it was kind of like, you if you guys listen, if you heard our podcast last week, we pretty much just went on a 45-minute rant about how things are horrible and things were very, very bad last week. And then, in my opinion, it got worse with Cooper but before Cooper, you had some moves that they were freeing up space. I think it was a lot of the right moves, cutting contracts that you didn't necessarily want to pay in 2022. Now you're signing Michael Gallup to a good deal and you enter free agency at a pretty good cap situation. I'm I'm halfway there. I want to see what they do in free agency. I want to know what they do with this money. But in terms of are they on the right track? 
sure-ish. Financially sure-ish. Like, you don't necessarily yeah. agree with the the personnel moves that they've made as far as the departure of wide receiver one. But right now, we're sitting here. Last week, we're sitting here, you know, in the red by a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'd summarize it as I agree with everything they've done so far with the sole exception of their biggest move being the wrong one. So trading Cooper, wrong move. But other than that, I have been happy with what they've done. Tony, you in the same area with that? Well, for me, I'm, I'm gonna, I look at it a little differently because in the sense that I thought the Michael Gallup move was a must move, right? So I'm not giving them points for a move I thought they had to make. If you're getting rid of Amari Cooper, it's because they had to bring – they couldn't go into free agency and try to play this game with the big money free agents and, and think that they were going to get a good value or a good deal from that. And then it also scares me to head into the draft with literally – only CD lamb in the fold. So right. now you're creating needs. And that's why I'm a little nervous about the little Collins thing beyond the, the thought. If there are, if there's a camp of people that think that, you know, steel is better and that they should move forward with him, the value of offensive tackles in this league and, and how of, of a premium they are, you hurt your depth by just getting rid of them. Now, do you think that Josh ball is going to come up? I mean, I, I don't think Ty and Secchi is in the plans and you know, there's some other guys in the background here, but we'll see what happens. But those are two primo positions, wide receiver and offensive tackle, that you've just weakened. So I think the Michael Gallup move had to be made. I'm not in, in totality, like, completely as pessimistic as I was last week or earlier, even this week. I Now I can see if their plan starts to come together and it's like, okay, bigger pitcher. We had to sacrifice Mario Cooper's contract and his you know status on this team for bigger moves. If I see that unfold here starting Monday, um, I can get, I can get Bob back into this situation here. All right, so now it is obviously, again, Sunday night as we record this. As you listen to this, things could have already happened. We don't know. But now I want some bold, bold predictions. What is the next domino to fall? What is the next move the Dallas Cowboys make, Aiden? It is saying that they trade Collins not bold oh. enough because. Well, I mean, you uh, between now and that. So you think it happens literally within the next 24 hours then? Less than it just hours. it just seems like they're free they're trying to move them and from what we've heard teams are at least interested in them I think that trade happens so that they free even up they free up even more money to spend to when the tampering period starts tomorrow and so if you wanted me to be bold I don't I I think I'd put the odds at like 30 percent. It happens over the next, let's call it the next four days. But yeah, I I think if you want me to be bold, I say they trade Collins, free up cap, and so they have more room to move in free agency. Tony, what do you think, man? Give me some boldness. This is super bold, and it's completely contrary to what they do. But I I just have a funny feeling the name insert name here it would be Bobby Wagner. I think they got a chance of Bobby Wagner. I think if, if Dan Quinn has the pull, I think he does. And they got the money, and they're as serious as they are about Micah Parsons possibly playing a lot more rush end there and playing a defensive end role or just even have somebody that he could build and be next to. Um, Leighton Van Dash is as good as gone, I think. So, it, you know, I'm the name that sticks to me is Bobby Wagner because of the natural fit here. The money is always going to be the question. But if it's not Bobby Wagner, I bet you they bring in, you know, a mid to high level linebacker that's free that kind of help Micah Parsons here. And they love setting up that situation where they put guys in there so they can go into the draft and do best player available. And I think that'd be one of the moves to help them. 
if not Bobby Wagner, and I'm not saying that there's any comparison about the two, yeah. would you be okay with a reunite of one Anthony Hitchens? So he'd be one of those guys that the money would have to be right. You know what I mean? I think Bobby Wagner, I'd pay a, I'd pay a little change, a little more change for Bobby Wagner. If Anthony Hitchens wants to come back here on a team-friendly deal, I'd be okay with it. I mean, we need depth. He's a guy that's familiar, but, yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. Okay. Aiden, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask you all – I. Since in the spirit of free agency starting, is Bobby Wagner like your high prize, like best, like the best yeah. free agent possible signing? When the news broke that he got released, the first thought in my head was like, wow, I mean, shit. I mean, you can't, I mean, there's one of those things where it's just like all the stars are aligning literally and figuratively, you know what I mean? And they're like, okay, let's bring him in. And then you're like, all right, you know what? I'm looking at this cap situation at the time. And I was like, oh, forget it. Like, there's no way we can afford this guy. Now you look at that salary cap, and within a week, it's been switched and flipped on its head. You know what I mean? And you're looking at now Now you have the chance to sign guys back. I would do a swap right now. Obviously, LVE's not coming back, and they were looking into bringing a guy like Malik Hooker back, and I know he's the safety, but you know he's kind of like a hybrid. He goes all over the place. But like, if you can get me Bobby Wagner right now on this defense under Dan Quinn, and now Bobby Wagner's going to teach – the lion how to play linebacker and how to do that like even more than he's already like sign me all the way up but my bold prediction is what's going to happen next with the money they just freed up it might not be bobby wagner i think this team has shown a lot of faith in a guy like randy gregory and i think gregory is looking at it saying you know what these guys could have cut me how many times over after all the time all the times i've messed up if this guy walks for Robert Quinn type situation where we think we can get him back, but then all of a sudden he just takes Chicago's money and, and just rolls. I don't know if that happens here. I, I, I honestly think that this guy is going to be grateful enough that the opportunities have been in Dallas. He started something special with guys like Demarcus Lawrence and now Micah Parsons. And now he's, you know, he's, he's vibing with Dan Quinn. Don't be surprised to see Randy Gregory resign with the Dallas Cowboys and not for the money that you would expect him to get anywhere else. Almost as if like, he can definitely get it somewhere else, but he sees the potential in becoming a cowboy lifer. And I think that's what happens next. I'm a Gregory guy, so I'm all in on Randy Gregory. And to kind of get into, you know, Alice in Wonderland, the rabbit hole here, <laughs> if they think that Dan Quinn may be next year and Mike McCarthy is a lame duck coach, how much more faith or, you know, good faith will they negotiate with Dan Quinn than getting Bobby Wagner, who he loves, reveres, says he's the best linebacker he's ever coached. You know, the money might be crazy in that situation, and it's a bold take for a reason. But, hey, Dan Quinn, we're serious about you. We're serious about this defense. Come on in. Let's get your guy here. I could see, I could definitely see that. I mean, look, they've been linked, and obviously the stories that came out where Quinn could be the, the next guy here. So if Quinn goes into Mr. Jones's office, either one of the Joneses, you know, Steve, and say, Steve, look, I know that you're not in favor of what's happening around here, and I know that I've been linked, and you said that I'm a good head coach. You want me to head coach this team next year? You get me Bobby Wagner this year, right now. And, and look, I know there's a lot there's a lot of memes going around about Stephen Jones and his cap situation and all that stuff, and some of it's brilliant, by the way. Shout out to the creators of all these memes. They're great. But I think they have a really good chance to set themselves up to be one of the premier defenses in football and when you stack that with an offense that we know it's sputtered down the stretch and we know we just lost wide receiver one 
but they know the usage of guys like Tony Pollard and, you know, the tight end situation is a little wonky right now because of the fact they just they just cut uh, Blake Jarwin, which we really didn't touch on, but I'm sure you guys have over the course of an emergency podcast, I believe that dropped yesterday. But like this team all of a sudden, and of course you knew it was going to happen and only took, it actually took the length of Tom Brady's retirement for me to get sucked right back in. It was 40 days where Tom Brady retired, and I said, uh, you know what, Dallas just broke my heart too. I'm so fed up with this. It's over. I'm never going to talk good about this team again. And here we are, March 13th, 14th. I'm sitting here saying, wow, the Dallas Cowboys could be contenders if they go out and get a guy like Bobby Wagner. Like, where? What is life right now, Tony? <laughs> it's it's funny because I'm I was I saw myself turn into the you know, eternal uh, pessimist. And like you said, one little move here, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the vision a little bit and, and that might just be me drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever, but man, I, I, you know, they can buy me back this week. We could be having a totally different conversation next Sunday night. I agree. Aiden. So on a scale of one to 10, where's your confidence that the Dallas Cowboys will make enough moves for you to be like, like, very, very optimistic about this team. Do you think the Cowboys, like we said it before, were they on the right path? But this frenzy is going to come fast and furious, and everybody that's not signed by tomorrow's tampering period at 12 o'clock, they're hitting the market. Where's your confidence level that we're going to be able to bring the guys that we need to bring back? See, I th to me, this is two different Hesitation questions. Is speaking volumes, by the way. <laughs> it, to, me, to me, it's two different questions. What is my confidence that they bring the needed guys back? I put it that at like a seven, eight, based off what we've seen. The like cap situation is good. It seems like we're going to be able to at least, we're at least going to be able to come to the table with Randy Gregory, Jaron Curse, and Malik Hooker. The guys we want, it seems like we'll at least be able to talk to them. Now, what's my op, what's like my confidence level for that they'll be able to get the needed moves done for me to be confident in 2022? That's a two for me. Because I just don't see, like, at the to me, how free agency plays out at its very best is we bring a very similar team back as 2021, and it's going to be slightly worse because you lost Cooper, and you're probably not going to be able to sign guys like Brian Anger, and even Leighton Vander Esch was somewhat impactful in some situations, <laughs> and so I just I don't know if we can make a team that I'm like, yeah, that team is for sure better than 2021. We're ready to go. All right. Well, there could be a lot of stuff. Obviously, there's other state. Look, the Cowboys aren't the only team in the NFL, but let's just be, call it how we see it. The NFL has just dominated the headlines within the last two hours because God forbid that, you know, baseball has its moment or God forbid that somebody else or something else happens. The NBA, you guys said it in the text. Like you guys, we have a group chat and you're like, man, the NFL just said, hold everything. We're still relevant. We're about to dominate again. And in that time, Tom Brady unannounced his retirement, which we all saw the video with, with Cristiano Ronaldo, and we're all thinking like, oh, I can't believe he actually hesitated with that or made that face. And then next thing you know, hey, by the way, here's my Instagram post. Man, does this guy hate his family? Like, <laughs> he doesn't want to be around anybody. <laughs> he was around Giselle for 30, 40 days, and he was like, you know what? F this. I'm going back to football. Uh, I'm kidding, obviously. I don't know Giselle, and I don't, I don't know the Bradys. Uh, but I will say Tom Brady comes back. Another thing that happened as right before we went on, is for whatever reason, and I listen. I don't. I don't feel bad at all for you, Minnesota Vikings fans, because I, I have no ill will, nor do I care about you or think that you're relevant on the, on this planet. But you guys decided to guarantee another year of Kirk Cousins to be your quarterback. 
congratulations. I love you guys. I hope you know that nine and eight season treats you well. How does this deck contract look now, Aiden, considering how much money this guy is making and we know he's leaps and bounds better than Kirk Cousins. How does this deck contract look though? Like at, at this point. Exactly. And no, it looks great. And here's the thing, Dak, after the restructure, I think he's making $22 million in 2022. Guess what? With a one-year deal, there's zero restructuring you can do after you pay your quarterback $35 million. And, I mean, the Vikings, poor, who who took over as the Vikings head coach? Uh, the, the, it was the coordinator from the Rams. Yeah, yeah, it was O'Connell. I'm poor O'Connell. How can that man. be a thing? Yeah. How can, how can he get a poor new job guy. and say, you know what? Oh, what's that? You mean Deshaun Watson's on the market? Is that's cool? Uh, there's other guys on the market we could do better. Now you know what? Here's another thirty-five million dollars, Kirk. Get us done. You like that? He has one worse for you. I think he wanted it. He was with him in Washington. Oh, so. <laughs> oh Jesus Christmas! I mean, that, oh, good lord. I don't know, man. It's been a crazy, crazy NFL day. Tomorrow will get crazier. Blogging the boys is all over every single Dallas Cowboys move. Be sure to check back on their YouTube channel because if anything big breaks, they're going to try to break that. We actually did af uh, ask and offer RJ Ochoa to, to come on and explain himself about this uh, Michael Gallup situation. He he chose not to do that. He might do an Ocho tomorrow. Who knows? But there's a lot of things going on in the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe like leave a review you know tell everybody why we're the best thing going right now as far as dallas cowboys media and i'm talking about the whole network i'm not taking full responsibility for having a good podcast but i mean let's call it how we see it we're we're, we're top notch we're top notch here at vlogging a voice so <laughs> it's been a crazy crazy sunday we hope you enjoyed it we hope you enjoyed this weekend you thought it was going to be quiet and then the cooper stuff happens and then the collins rumors happen and then now all of a sudden Gallup gets a deal what's next for the dallas cowboys be sure to stay up to date with the blogging the boys twitter all things blogging the boys get involved and uh yeah so for dave sturchio tony catalina aiden davis this has been another episode of the first and ten podcast have yourselves a good week enjoy the rest of the shows that you get today and we'll see you guys next week